baobulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with baobulb.org. Praise and peace to you from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the 1st of August 2021. It is a... uh, Holy Communion service this morning, and uh, we ask that you will prepare your table and tune into the virtual space and link into Zoom so that you can celebrate Holy Communion. You and your family, you can celebrate communion with us this morning. 1st of August 2021, our family worship service normally commences at 9 o'clock, and a communion service would end off more or less between 10.30 and 11. Let us join together as we listen to the call to worship. We come to this holy sanctuary because we want to worship and we want to know God. It helps us to set aside the past and to walk with the path to new life. We come in these moments because we want to know Jesus Christ, who anoints us with the resurrection, who shares our lives with us. We come with fellow believers because we want to know the Holy Spirit who shapes us for life with God so that we may praise God forever. And so, friends, in Jesus Christ, we are having three scripture readings for this morning's family worship service. And our scripture readings comes to us from Psalms, Psalm 116, verses 15 to verse 19 as our first reading. And our second reading comes to us from the book of Acts, chapter 7, verses 51 to chapter 8, verse 1. Our gospel reading this morning comes to us from the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 to verse 12. The theme of our family worship service this morning, Death, what lies beyond death? Death, what lies beyond death? And so I've singled out a few verses to share with you uh, some thoughts today. And our first verse comes to us from the psalm, Psalm 116, verse 15. I want to read this verse as it is written in the Holy Scriptures, and this is what the verse says. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Just listen to this beautiful verse. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second uh, reading comes to us from the book of Acts, which is also our main reading for today. Acts chapter 7 verses 51 to chapter 8 verse 1. The verses which I've singled out to share some thoughts with you, verse 53 and verse 59. But Stephen Full of the Holy Spirit, look up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And then verse 59. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus Christ, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Let us join together in prayer. Spirit of all wisdom, together as the spiritual family, we seek your wisdom and we thirst for your word. Gather us in this virtual space with open hearts to listen to your word as we listen to your voice. Come, bring us your understanding and reveal your truth to us. Challenge us, transform us, and renew us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my rock and my friend, author and finisher of our faith. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to him with you and the Holy Spirit, one blessed God, be glory and unending praise. Amen. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, the theme of our family worship service this morning, Death, What Lies Beyond Death. Deacon Stephen accepted the new life that Christ had to offer him. Christ himself lived a full, rewarding life in the three years after he commenced with his ministry at his baptism in the Jordan River. Deacon Stephen accepted this new life that Christ had to offer him. And this new life turned out to be a life of fulfillment in every sense of the word. Stephen opened himself up to the influence of the Holy Spirit and he was filled with love, joy, peace and his life took on a new meaning and a purpose. In the strength of the Holy Spirit, Stephen was able to cope under the most trying conditions, challenging times for him. Stephen was able to overcome the difficulties that he faced at the time that appeared to you, and that may appear to me so cruel and so inhumane and even so insurmountable. But there were no resentment in Stephen's heart for Paul and the members of the Jewish council. There were no hatred in the heart of, of, of Stephen. If there were, at the one point, if there were hatred or if there were resentment at one point in the life of Stephen, if it was in his heart, accepting that new life that Christ offers Stephen, well, that hatred and that resentment was then replaced with understanding and forgiving love. And this is so visible in the life of Stephen at the point at which he brought, at the point at which he breathed his last breath. Because together with the Holy Spirit within him, Stephen worked hard to turn into this new creation after he accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of his life and after he accepted the new life that Christ had to offer him. And so in his dying moments, Stephen uttered similar words that escaped from the blood-stained lips of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Hanging on the cross for you and hanging on a cross for me, Jesus said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Deacon Stephen said something similar. He said, 
At the point of his death, Stephen said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then, says the Holy Scripture, Stephen fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. And when Stephen had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen's attitude stood in contrast to our own attitude at times. That when others sin against us, we want to retaliate, we want to fight back, we want to stab and wound with words, and sometimes even wound physically or stab physically. We feel this is how the world works. When you hit me, I will hit you. When you hurt me, I will hurt you too. Because we believe this is what the law of retaliation says. And that the law of retaliation must run its course. And the law of retaliation says, if you hurt me, I will hurt you. If you hit me, I will hit you. But when we accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives, we are not of this world. And so this is not applicable to us. This law of retaliation is not applicable to you or me who accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives. And so, definitely, this law of retaliation was not part of Stephen and by far it was not part of Jesus Christ. Stephen died a very violent death after he accused the Sanhedrin and those who worship in the temple as being stiff-necked people and uncircumcised in hearts and ears. Thereby he touched a very central point. He further accused the Jewish council, that is the Sanhedrin, of being guilty of betraying Jesus Christ, of guilty of murdering Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Stephen accused them of transgressors of the word of God and that they were guilty of blasphemy. The Sanhedrin, people who worship in the temple, they were just filled with the rage. They were just filled with an uncontrollable anger. The Jewish council, that is the Sanhedrin, therefore dragged Stephen out of the city. They dragged him out of the city gates where they stoned Stephen. No one. No one deserves such a brutal and such a horrible death. In any case, a legal execution required an appeal from the Roman governor Pontius Pilate, but in this case of Stephen stoning to death, this kind of death was not secured or sanctioned by the Roman governor. It was simply mob justice. You may look at it and say it was mob justice, if we have a closer look at this particular narrative, this narrative, the stoning of Stephen. But the Jewish council would say, but this wasn't. This, But this biblical narrative reminded me of eight men in May of this year who were found lying with their hands tied behind their backs with rope, while their bodies were charred beyond recognition. The incident happened in Zanspreit. This was nothing more than mob justice. In fact, it speaks of the horrors of mob justice in some of South African townships and informal settlements. 
The eight men found in an open field in Honeydew informal settlement was murdered as a result of mob justice. These boys, people said, terrorized the community and killed some people in the community. And the community was just simply tired of these kind of crimes. But no one had to die in such a brutal, such an inhumane manner for their mistakes, their failures and the error of their ways. Mob justice can never be condoned. Neither can the mob justice be condoned at the death of Stephen, of the deacon Stephen. Stephen was simply standing up for what he knew was right. Stephen was simply standing up for what he knew was the truth. And the truth? That Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary to save you and me from lives of evil and sin by not saving himself. Stephen's message was that the Jewish council killed Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, but that God raised Jesus Christ to life again. For this charge and other charges, Stephen was punished by the Sanhedrin, and his voice was forever silenced by a mop. Stephen's voice was therefore silenced through, and not through, a fair and just judicial system and a just trial, but he died a brutal and horrible death at the hands of a mob for telling the truth for sharing the good news and for telling others about Jesus Christ and the new life that Jesus had to offer them. No one deserves such a death for good news. No one deserves such a death for the spreading of the good news, the gospel message. No one deserves such a death. Neither did the deacon Stephen deserve such a death. But if we think that Deacon Stephen lost his life at the time of his violent death, or that, had, or that his death brought about a break in his relationship with God, the narrative of Stephen's death takes us to what lies beyond the lesser form of existence here on earth. It takes us beyond this life on earth. We see at the death of Stephen, as we look at this narrative, we see what lies for us beyond this lifetime. We suddenly realize that this life is a lesser form of life and that this life is not all that there is. The narrative of Stephen's death affirms the truth that at our death, we enter the greater presence of Jesus Christ, who filled the whole of our earthly existence with meaning and purpose, love and the Spirit's power. Death was not for Stephen the end. It was not even a relief from that crisis moment that, that Stephen experienced at the time. Stephen did not say when they were stoning him, Stephen did not say, let these accusers go to hell. Jesus, take them to hell. 
This is not what Stephen said at the time and in his moments of crisis. Stephen didn't say, Jesus, bring all of this to an end. Send your holy angels and bring all of this to an end. And will let all of this come to an end. This pain, this trouble, this moment of crisis, let it come to an end. This is not what Stephen said. But the moment was for him a moment of fulfillment and final consummation of a love of life and growing union with Jesus Christ. In the strength of the Holy Spirit, Stephen was able to cope under the most difficult, under the most trying conditions in life. Stephen, in the strength of the Holy Spirit, Stephen was able to cope with a crisis. And the eternal presence of Christ at the moment of his stoning and death was truly the reward of his life. Because at that very moment, in his moment of crisis, Stephen looked up and he said, and as he faced the end of his life, and at the end of his life drew closer, Stephen had these words to utter, and Stephen said, I see heaven open, and I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Verse 56 of Acts chapter 7. At that moment, the dying Stephen addressed the exalted Jesus Christ, saying to Jesus, Jesus, receive my spirit. My mother-in-law passed on and fell asleep during the last week. Alone in a bed in an ICU ward, we were not able to be present. We, not, we were not able to visit her during this 14-day stay in hospital. She was alone. And so the question that the youngsters, the question that the, her grandchildren posed was, was she alone at the point of her death? Because it was a question that really concerned them. Was she alone at the point of her death? Because they said that we were not present when she died. We always want to be present and we always want to visit those of our family members and loved ones that had been at admitted to hospital because we want to hold their hands, we want to pray for them, we want to sing for them, we want to whisper a word, a word of encouragement to them. We want to stroke their heads so that they can feel and sense our presence around them and that, that we are there to rally around them and just to lift them into the presence of God. But for 14 days she was there all alone in a hospital bed and we were unable to visit her. And so I suppose that this is a question race. And, this, and, the, and, and it is a struggle in the hearts of many people across the world whose loved ones or family members was hospitalized due to COVID-19 and simply passed on, and then are them unable to visit their loved ones. And so the question, was he or was she alone at the time, at the point of his or her death? It may look like it. It may look like this road against the struggle of this invisible enemy called COVID-19 is a lonely road. And that isolation due to COVID-19, isolation of questions due to COVID-19, uh, and, uh, and loved ones confined to COVID-19 beds and ICU wards, it looks like it is just a punishment to the family, 
it, it, it is just a burden too heavy to carry by family members because they just simply unable to visit their family members and just rally around them. But this is the wonderful thing about the God that we serve. This is the wonderful thing about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ shows us that he is present in every moment in life. Jesus Christ shows us that he is present in every crisis in life, in every circumstance in life, in every situation in life. doesn't matter what your situation may be. Jesus Christ is present. And, and the wonderful thing about the presence of Jesus Christ is that his presence is filled with, with an incredible amount of blessings that Jesus Christ is pouring into our lives. But in this case, when we are ill and that we are, when we are confined to a hospital bed, Jesus Christ is present to watch over us wherever we are and in, what, and in whatever we're going through. And in our inability to be present with our loved ones at the death due to COVID-19, it is Jesus that will never fail us, never forsake us. And that is why we can always sing, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. It says that I don't have to be present and at the bedside of, of, of my family or my friend or my loved one to bring them into the presence of God. The entire world is a room of prayer. And at any point, I can bring them to the Lord in prayer. And so it does not matter to whatever depths of uncertainty, it doesn't matter to whatever depths of despondency and desperation we may plunge, God remain with us. He remains with us at all times and in all circumstances and in every situation in life. And so not only do we see God's presence in the narrative of Stephen, when Stephen declared, I saw heaven open, but also I saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. But I also see this narrative, the very same narrative of Stephen in my father-in-law's narrative, who entered heaven at a near-death experience. My late father-in-law brought the answer back that heaven is real because he was in heaven. And many days when I've had conversations with my late father-in-law, he will draw sketches about what heaven looked like and he even ran out of words. Adjectives to describe heaven. He said, it's a beautiful place and you just feel the love of God. You don't even know where it comes from, but it just draws you into heaven that love that you feel when you enter heaven. And so friends in Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, my late father-in-law brought back the answer that heaven is real and he said, if it was dependent upon him, he would have never returned to earth and that he would have just strayed in the greater presence of God. And it is so. Just like God sent an angel to remain with him during his moment of crisis and during the moment of crisis of my late father-in-law, just to stand there and to watch over him in, in his hospital bed, God also sent angels to guard and to watch over our loved ones who lies there in isolation in hospital beds due to COVID-19. And when we finally left the earth, when, when our loved ones finally left the earth and they've, and it seems like they've lost the battle 
against COVID-19. And we also say that they've lost the battle against, they didn't lose the battle against COVID-19 because death is the ultimate healing. God sends death to bring ultimate healing to us. And it is that when God sends death as ultimate healing, that God also sends Jesus to meet us at the point of our deaths. And so Jesus is ready there to receive us. Just as Jesus was ready to receive Stephen, and Stephen was speaking to Jesus Christ, so he is present at that very moment and point of death. And therefore our death is a union. It is a reunion with those who had gone before us. Death takes us into the joyful fellowship with Jesus Christ. We are now able to join the vast throng and the cloud of witnesses in everlasting praise to God and in everlasting praise to Jesus Christ who redeemed us on the cross of Calvary. That says to me that God is always present even when we doubt God's presence. Even in situations in which we doubt God's presence, God is present. In fact, God's presence in all situations is too profound to be measured by our uncertain emotions. It is too profound to be measured by our uncertain feelings. A loved one struggling to breathe due to COVID-19 and who is hospitalized or any crisis that can stretch our faith to its very limits can cause doubt in our hearts about the presence of God. But it is during these times, in these moments of crisis, in these difficult times, traumatic experiences, that we need to trust God. That is all that God asks of us. Trust Him. Trust God. And that we stay, and that we need to stay connected with God in every situation in life, in every moment in life, in every crisis in life. Especially when we feel that we cannot see, feel, or sense God's presence with us. And so, friends, in Jesus Christ, keep your eyes on Jesus, even if it is full of tears. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, even if his presence is not visible. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, if there is even no evidence about the visibility of Jesus Christ in your moment of crisis, in your crisis situation, in your traumatic experience, or whatever you're going through right now. Because it's simply a test of our faith. A test that many of us must face in life. It is a test that many of us must face when our loved ones fall asleep without us being present to utter a prayer, to hold their hand, and to sing hymns and songs of praise around their beds. And so regardless of the situation in which may we find ourselves today, God is good. God loves you and God loves me. God knows what we are going through. God cares for you and me. And we should not doubt his presence in the dark moments and forget what God told us in our moments of light. God is with you. God is with me in life and in death. Glory be to God, our friend. Glory be to Jesus Christ, our intercessor, and who sits at the right hand of God. Glory be to the Holy Spirit, our comforter. Amen. Let us pray. 
Lord Jesus Christ, let us be filled with your kind of love and help us not to doubt your presence in our crisis moments. And so we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to him with you and the Holy Spirit, one blessed God. Be glory and unending praise. Amen. Receive the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ and go in peace. Go now and press on in the path to which God called you. Do not get caught up in the things of the past or in the things that the world prizes, but welcome the new things God is doing and take the new paths that open through the places of death. May God pour life-giving waters into your wilderness. May Christ Jesus make you his own. And may the Holy Spirit strengthen you for the race that you are running. Go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.